0: and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host Petey Pop and today I have a two-part Chapter Tactics special. Uh, Val went ahead and recorded an interview slash recap of the Can Hammer Team Tournament that just happened this past weekend and I interviewed Tom Adriani, the Belgian team captain from ETC to talk to him about how the ETC Council voted on the FAQ. Now, before I go into a little bit further detail and explain why I made the episode and what the episode is going to be about a little bit more, uh, first off, I wanted to apologize. Uh, this episode did come out two days late. It was pretty much just uh, I've been playing a lot more 40k lately. I've been pretty busy. And um, we also wanted to wait for Val to finish the Canhammer Team Tournament. I didn't want him to record. The night of the tournament, so I asked him to record on a later date, and some scheduling errors and uh, procrastinating later. Finally, got the podcast out. It's Wednesday, not that bit late, but I do want to apologize because I didn't actually warn you guys. Next week we'll go on Monday as normal. So, why I recorded this episode? I really wanted to talk to Tom Adriani uh, specifically because the faq the gw faq really it really meant to target uh spam armies right and the etc traditionally ha- has spam armies that's kind of that's kind of their deal and in this faq it, spam armies are, are weakened right especially flarence and um uh the uh the dark talon the uh raven Wing dark talon flyer list the nephilim jet fighter whatever it's called i think it's called a dark talon uh those two lists in particular, those two really powerful lists, DCC lists in particular got nerfed, um, but they're just nerfs across the board for a lot of very spammy etc lists, so it's definitely going to shake up their meta, and traditionally in the past, they have flat out not uh, used some of GW's things, right? Um, they, they generally, you know, dance to the beat of their own drum and do their own things in their council. Uh, there, there have been a few times when they have uh, voted one way and... And the rest of the community, specifically the ITC community, um, went another way. So it's kind of interesting. It was kind of interesting to me to get their opinion on the FAQ. So I brought Tom on, and I th- think it's a pretty good interview. Tom talks a lot about the ETC's thinking and how, how, how they kind of they operate and how they've, they've operated in the past. And also, he talks about how the FAQ is going to affect the ETC meta. Uh, we talk about what factions we think we'll see, what lists we think we'll see. Uh, and it it should be good. It should be a lot of fun. I can't wait for the ETC this year. I think it's going to be a much different version of of a tournament than than what it's been in the past. Um, and that's exciting. So that's cool. And then Val Val uh, the Can Hammer team tournament. Shout out to those guys, Val and the Can Hammer guys. Um, actually, not Val and Ken, the Can the Can Hammer guys all did a great job running the tournament. And then Val decided to cover them. I think. I thought that was a great idea. Obviously, I wasn't in Canada; I wasn't on the scene, um, so Val being there helped out with that coverage a lot. And I think it tied in perfectly because the Canada team tournament, or the CTC as I like to call it, um, they they it's growing, and I want to see more national, you know, events for countries. Right. So the Canada team tournament, the Can team tournament specifically, that's great. In America, we have the ATC. In Europe, we have the ETC. Maybe one day we'll have a global team tournament officially I don't know I doubt it Uh, right now the ETC is is kind of already that platform Um, but those are definitely three large team tournaments that that are going to do nothing but growing so it's really exciting and I think it's a, a really great I think it's it's really good to to highlight what those organizations have done so that's it guys I hope you guys enjoy this episode and have a good one Hey guys, here I am with Tom Adriani of ETC fame, specifically the leader of the Belgian team, champion, Belgian team on the ETC. Say hi, Tom.
3: Hello, how are you guys?
0: Uh, so if you guys listened to the ETC Chapter Tactics Special Edition episode a couple weeks back, uh, you guys know who Tom is, uh, for those of you who didn't listen. I'd just go listening to the episode to find out a little bit more about how the TEC operates and what exactly is the European Team Championships, because I think it's a great comprehensive episode. So we're just going to talk and assume that you guys have already listened to that episode. So Tom, I brought you on here to talk about one thing, something that the FAQ community or the 40k community has been dying to know about, about the 40k FAQ, that is how did the ETC guys respond to the GWFAQ?
3: Well, yeah, the ETC is uh, run by the captains basically, so every team has a captain and they uh, overall all decide what's going to happen. So every year we have uh, like a couple of votes that are going on to discuss like small changes to the rules packs or, or stuff like that. So. With uh, Games Workshop changing things over with their chapter approved and introducing new missions and now this big FAQ that's also having big impact on games, I think we'll be having those votes more often uh, per year. And uh, over the years, over the, in the past few years, the, the captains were very conservative. So what that means is they want to stick as close as possible to the, the rules as the rules book laid them out, Um, so in the past this was not the case because we've been running ETCs without named characters for quite a while, that changed like in 6th or or at the end of 5th or something. So the past few years we were running everything very close to the book, so with these new changes that were coming out uh, we had a vote about it last week and basically the captains all decided that we're gonna stick with uh, the FAQ and all the proposed changes. So, we're adopting all the rules that Gibbs Workshop has just put out. This means we'll be limited to three data, sheet, three data sheets. Uh, we'll be using all the new beta rules. So, yeah, it upsets quite a few things. Uh, <laughs> a yeah, few, it does. A few months out from DTC. So, I think almost every team out there is now scrambling, looking for lists and new concepts and stuff like that. So, it's a big change for sure.
0: Okay and and so you mentioned that the ETC does organization tends to lean more conservatively in in the rules decisions and I, I do agree uh, it's it, in the past it has been of a completely different meta and I know you guys still don't allow Forge world, correct?
3: Yeah, that's true yeah
0: yeah so so even now it's still a unique meta. so if you, if you want to shake up your community your local community and run ETC events, I recommend it. they can be very fun, especially just the team element. But I'm digressing. So I, I know that you guys sat and you guys talked about the FAQ at length to make a decision on it. What was the overall feeling of all the captains? Were you guys, were you guys upset about the FAQ changes? Were you happy, um, neutral? Just give me like your general thoughts.
3: Yeah, well, it's kind of strange because we had a, a vote like after the last DTC, and we had a, a vote about limiting the data sheets to three maximum, just like <laughs> Games Workshop just did, and the captains actually voted it down. So, but now that Games Workshop has actually um, proposed it themselves, they changed their opinion, and it was actually won by a landslide. This vote, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit strange to see this this duality, you know. So, if we propose something that's might be better for the game they're like oh no because that's not the the way the game is supposed to be played but then when games workshop does it it's quite okay and they run with it (laughs) so so yeah i don't know what the captains were thinking last time around we had this vote so yeah the change the change the the changes are overall uh uh how to say this uh captains think it's a positive thing that's why they voted for it of course i mean that's why we proposed this vote uh uh, in september to start with because this treated sheet limits already changes a lot of things and it'll limit the spam a little bit and will lead to more better games and more tactical play i think so i think uh overall the the perception is very good i think people are more happy with this kind of restrictions than they were without them so yeah i
0: i think it's funny because because uh here at the ITC um, specifically when we were when we had votes and we had rules proposals that GW then enacted and followed um, obviously we didn't get every rule correct um, but it it dramatically changed how people reacted it depending on who was presenting the rule to them so it's the same thing with you guys Um, it's just it's funny how the community reacts to just an official ruling from a company they're like like okay okay this is how it's gonna be cool move on like they might argue on and, and gnash their teeth online but in general it's funny how accepting the community is when a uh company that creates the game steps in and says this is how it's going to go um and that's actually why we've needed gw in the past like to step in and be more involved uh, so i just think it's funny that you mentioned that that duality
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody has uh, seen it, of course, and uh, it's a bit funny to see, but we can only be very positive about Games Workshop stepping up Mm -hmm. to the plate and uh, making it a little bit easier for us as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, uh, we did talk a little bit before the episode about lists, and um, obviously, like you said, the ETC teams are scrambling left and right um, to figure out what's going on, especially with the ETC only a few months out. Uh, Preparing for the ETC is not like preparing for a for a forty k singles event like Nova or Depticon or the LVO. It, it's there's a lot more complicated you, you know planning that you have to go into it. You have to gather your team. You have to figure out what what factions each person is playing, and you have to figure out how the teamwork is going to work together. Who does what. Uh, And three months out from the ETC, this FAQ is definitely going to shake things up. Do you think it's going to affect the ETC negatively or positively? Uh, Do you think we're going to see a lot of, like, the best of the best players who who truly know how to adapt to a meta? Do you think we're going to see them rise to the top, or is it going to be really random and weird?
3: It's it's always a bit random and weird at the ETC. I mean, (laughs) I don't know how closely you followed it, but, uh, like, Matt Root who won the ITC, who won like Adapticon just now. I think mm-hmm. he scored like 10 points at the ETC last year out of a possible yeah. <laughs> 120. So it's 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 the principle of the ETC. I'm, I don't know if I have to explain it again, but so you have basically have eight lists
0: mm-hmm.
3: and you put one down and then the other team can counter it with two lists. So you choose which of the two lists will actually play the list that you put forward with the uh, caveat that this list that you put forward can choose the table. So there's first the table element, because we have eight different tables, of which two will be densely packed with terrain, four will be average, and two will be a bit uh, uh, less packed with terrain. So if you have a shooty army that goes down, you can choose an empty table. If you're an army that relies on terrain, you can choose a table that's heavy with terrain. So this changes so many factors in the game. Um, so before the, before the round starts, you know, all the captains have to look at the rows, see how this will impact all of their lists. Then decide if this impacts the way they want to pair, you know, which one they want to put front first, maybe wait till some tables are gone. Some tables are, are left for certain armies. I mean, there's so many parameters that influences all this. Um, so, so it's, it's a very, very difficult to explain this if you haven't experienced it, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's very complex uh, situation. The, the ETC and the way the armies work and uh, the way the players can score points. So. Uh, I don't think we'll see players rise to the top. I think we'll see lists rise to the top, which is what basically happens at the ETC.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. So, so then let's talk about something that is a constant. Let's talk about the ETC terrain, uh, specifically the the light, the two light boards, the four medium boards, and the two heavy boards. Uh, do you think that um, people are going to start gravitating towards the heavy and the medium boards? Um, is, the, is the terrain, basically what I'm asking is, is the terrain at the ETC predictable enough for a team to look at the terrain and just build lists based solely off of terrain and win that way? Um, so so you so they, they don't have to necessarily predict who they're playing, they just have to play lists that are good on these specific boards of terrain.
3: Well, you, you can't really plan for this because, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but ETC is a traveling uh, event, so every year yes. you have a new host. So this means basically every year you have new terrain. Um, so it's not like Adepticon where like Nick knew there was a little terrain so he built the list uh, circumventing that yeah. you basically have no idea what the terrain will be like except when you go on site and actually see it for yourself so I think this year it will be okay because the organizer is a uh, uh you get terrain from everywhere in the neighboring countries and whatnot. But like last year in Spain, it was actually an atrocity. You know, on some tables there was almost no terrain or no terrain that you could interact with. You know, it was just like some pillars or stuff that you couldn't even pu- put models on. So, so I, I don't think uh, the terrain will be an influence on t- on the the teams making lists. Uh, I don't, they will go from the strength of the the player and the strength of the list more than what the terrain will do for them. It's just an added bonus if you can grab some line-of-sight blocking table or an empty table. or but That's not something you can plan for generally at ETC.
0: Okay. okay. Uh, so, uh, staying on the terrain topic, there was one thing you guys vo- didn't vote to use from the FAQ, and I believe it was the only thing you guys didn't vote to use, and that was the, the uh, unit not being able to charge uh, another unit if it's on a terrain feature and it cannot physically fit there. Uh, I believe you guys changed that. So, so in the ETC, you will be able to charge a unit even if you're even if the other unit cannot physically fit on the terrain piece to charge a unit.
3: Yeah, that's correct. A, yeah, it's a relic from the past, basically. So we've had this rule, I think, in our past three edition, three editions of the of the the ETC. Um, we like to have interactivity between the players and everything that's uh, a bit out there like this you know it's it's do you have a wall, wall in the model or not blah blah we normally always go in favor of the rule that lets you interact with your opponent more than oh no there's no interactivity and you can't do this because you have to understand uh, these etc players uh, They're a pool of very competitive guys, and they will abuse and misuse small rulings like this because they will play for it, they will plan for it, and they will use it to maximum effect every single time. So, mostly we try to tone it down a bit and uh, tell these guys, like, look, you don't play on a... I call this like a gap in the rules, you know, it's... I don't know why Games Workshop put it out like this. Maybe they're influenced by the playtesters or they want to keep it simple or something, I don't know. But um, we, we don't tend to go with this. I mean, we had the ruling like when you had all the fortifications in uh, in 7th um, with um, the exit defense line where you physically couldn't place models in contact because the defense line was in between. Uh, that had to be FAQed way early uh, when uh, the thing got released. So we always stuck with rulings like that. I mean, if you make the charge range, you can basically charge. It doesn't matter where your model Uh, ends up or can't end up if you have the number to make the charge you actually make the charge and then you just put the models as close as possible to their actual position and you work from there. I think that's a a good ruling to have to just make sure that you you can do something in certain situations.
0: Okay right and actually I agree with you 100% I think players being able to interact with each other um, especially now um, with this new GW and kind of the direction they're going with their rules changes, uh, it seemed like a very odd rule. Uh, that you know they spent time to limit things like unkillable Death Stars and Alpha strikes, even just things that that limit the interaction between players. Um, but you also had this rule that kind of doesn't fit. You know the, their theme of simplicity and and interaction. So uh, I I think I I don't know if it was a playtester thing or if it was community-driven thing or or uh, just a GW thing, I think they probably just sat down and took a long, hard look at it and probably spent hours thinking about what direction they should go on it. Um, but I, I think that the ETC, specifically the way you described it as this hyper-competitive environment, I think making that rule and changing it and not adopting that rule, I think that's probably the best way to go.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like I said, we have the players who will just play and land for it, you know. Already on some tables, you can see some terrain. Ah, I can use this or abuse this. So. And the ETC is already like rock, paper, scissors. You know, you can mix and match the armies. You can force mis- mismatches. You can force mismatches on terrain. So if you add this on top, it's a bit too much, I think. So better to have uh, this go away and not be a factor in games, I think.
0: Okay, so... so... Let's go ahead and elaborate on the rock-paper-scissors thing. Uh, because it, in the past, I, I very much agree that DTC was more of a rock-paper-scissors meta just by just by uh, design. Because, there you know, you have these spam lists and you have the, these one-dimensional lists. Um, and when you have these one-dimensional lists, you're going to have rock-paper-scissors metas. A uh, list will absolutely destroy another list, which will absolutely destroy another list. And now that you have this, this uh, unique data slate... To, um, limitation do you think there's gonna be less of a rock-paper-scissors meta uh, or do you think people are going to spam like um, three three different versions of hellhounds or I don't know what I don't I can't think of any units off the top of my head but do you think they'll there'll still be redundancy within lists or do you think there's just gonna be these radical change to balance lists
3: there's gonna be a change for sure so I think overall we'll see more toned-down lists I don't think you can spam as much as before um, but like there's still some discrepancies like the hellhounds you just mentioned you can still take nine of them so mm-hmm. we were planning on running a 16 hellhound list to counter like uh, the dark talent spam and the Flyer spam because they're actually quite good against both those lists so it would have been a good counter against them so now we can't take 15 of them or 16 of them anymore but we can still take nine and something on the side so the spam is limited, but it's still going to be there, I think. It's just they're going to um, change the focus a bit, I think. So.
0: Okay. Do you think there's going to be a lot of troop spam lists? So, like, for example, 800 cultists. I, I just picked a number. I don't think you can fit that many cultists. Uh, but you get my point. Um, I- hundreds I of cultists. And, mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So, so actually, my list for the ETC that I'm testing right now has 210 models. So. Um, <laughs> so so i think you'll still see hordes because they're a good counter to elite lists so mm-hmm. um i i think you'll still see them Sh- sure okay in what capacity and... or in what form i don't know i i'm still testing and whatnot and everything right. has changed so much that it will take a couple of games and a couple of tests against a lot of different kind of other lists we like to test to see if it really is needed or, or or what it's good against or what not so it's 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 very very difficult at the moment to to estimate what other teams will bring and what you need to test against and so yeah, it, it's a very strange uh, situation I've never been in this situation before I mean I don't like eight or nine ETCs it's always very clear what what people are gonna bring or what you have to account for but right now it's 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 very difficult with uh, the Change from game search, group, which is probably a very good thing. Um, yeah, which means we'll probably see a lot of different builds, a lot of different ideas from a lot of teams. So, so yeah, it's a it's a very nice uh, nice thing. It's it's very refreshing this to think about a lot of things, thinking outside of the box, and yeah. So it will be nice to see what people can cook up with uh, Comlist submission. Mm.
0: And and so let's let's. Uh, I've been I've been kind of playing around with predicting what i the direction i think the etc meta is going to go um so i'm just going to tell you kind of my thoughts on where i think the meta is going to go and okay. where teams are going to pick and then you can tell me exactly how wrong i i inevitably will be um so first i think you're going to see a lot of like razorback space marine dedicated transport spam maybe not just razorbacks um but i think everywhere you can spam i think you will see spam just because where you can't the list that can spam in this new FAQ were already good lists to begin with. So just think like uh, assault cannon razorbacks with Gilliman spam like that was already a very good list uh, that not a lot of lists could deal with. It's only going to get better. Um, same thing with cultist spam and uh, plague zombie spam. And I think I think you're going to see a lot of that still. I think you're going to see a lot of those spammy lists. Um, I know Eldar can flyer spam pretty well still, but I don't know if the Eldar list because your Eldar player essentially has tools to do whatever he wants at this point. Right? Basically, yeah.
3: yeah, I just played against Eldar this afternoon, so <laughs> you don't have to tell me <laughs> that they're still just as good as before. Oh if, yeah, they're if so not good. better because they have a, a lot less counters uh, right now than they had before, so
0: Yeah. That uh, so so Eldar players um they could they have you, I I believe the Eldar player is probably going to be like a Swiss army knife kind of player like he he can he can fill multiple roles, uh, and then I think a Dark Eldar, I think there's, uh, you have to have a Dark Eldar player, um, just because I, the Dark Eldar players, oh yeah, uh, the, mm-hmm. that new stratagem that lets you counter, the stratagems is really powerful, Dark Eldar, even, Elder, with, have even a...
3: without it, the army is so good, so. Oh, it's so good,
0: uh, you can do a lot of different things, you can run a horde Dark Eldar army, you can run, uh, I, I think, I saw Sean Naden and Nick Notavati, um in their game, Sean Naden was running uh, the, uh, the big monster dudes.
3: The Tal- Talos. Talos, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's, there's. So I think you'll see Eldar. You'll have a Dark Eldar and an Eldar player. You'll probably have two or three players with spam lists. Um, I, I don't. I, I mean, you could probably even have two Space Rain spam lists. You could probably do like Dark Angels with Azrael and Assault Cannon spam. Is that, is that any good? I don't, I don't know.
3: I think they're better with infantry and with running infantry? full plasma. Yeah, and full plasma. But um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think for Marines, they're in a very weird spot at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe a couple of countries might try the the Raven Guard infiltrating shenanigans with some aggressors or something because you can still run three units of six, which is really good if you get the first turn because they can just obliterate anything, especially if you put them against a Horde army. Might Mm -hmm. be game right there and then. Um, And uh, I agree with uh, the Razorback comment you make, but for, for a different reason. I don't think the army itself is pretty good. I just think that... It became much more of a shooty uh, kind of game because of the changes that Games Workshop did. I mean, the Alpha Strike is a lot less, mm-hmm. uh, you have to screen less and whatnot. So I think the focus will be more on, on high toughness things. So I think like stuff like running uh, Berserkers in Rhinos will be more prevalent than before. I think that's something that a lot of teams might uh, try to run. Like, put, putting them as Alpha Legion, if they get first turn, infiltrate them, if they don't get first turn, put them behind the Rhino so they can be shot at or whatnot, so so I think we'll see a lot of uh, Rhino variant uh, lists, yes, for sure.
0: Okay, and when is the cutoff for ETC's codex? Um, like, let, let's say if uh, GW releases six codexes between now and the ETC team. Um, when is the cutoff for when codexes are allowed at the ETC? Yeah,
3: so I think beginning of June we are having our list submission, so it's two mm. weeks before that. So
0: okay, so so uh, kind of so coming up soon, basically.
3: Yeah, I can check for you. So mm. And the
0: I'll reason why I'm asking, been... okay, uh, well, well, you're looking that up. Yeah, um, the sure. reason why I'm asking is is uh, the the second part of my prediction is I think that there are going to be, really cool unique lists um that we're not going to see a lot of I, i'm particularly looking forward to seeing like what good teams like uh or all-star teams pick like the germans um england you guys belgium uh the u.s team i think is going to be very 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 cool and very very unique and different um but they basically are for some reason yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, they they try their special little snow. they don't do very well all the time actually never but um just actually they come the, pretty the close, American you know. Team. They just lose like the
3: <laughs> one game which drops them down a notch, you know? It's Yeah. It's quite okay. I mean the Americans have a good reputation at the ETC, so yeah. you don't have to talk them down this much. <laughs> They're <laughs> I'm actually just doing doing pretty good, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to their performance this year, but I was just messing with them a little bit. Um especially Matt Root. Matt Root, I I like to mess with him. And he knows he's a much better player than me. But uh anyways. So uh, I think that there you'll probably see some really weird things like uh, orc orc boys spam. I don't know, just uh, made, save space wolves sisters of battle. I, I just I, I as I'm looking through all the factions, I, I just I see a lot of unpredictable things that that open up now because things like um, flyer and spam is dead, or things like the uh, the dark talos, not the dark talos, the dark the raven, the the dark angel what is that flyer the razor the not the razor and jet fighter the dark talon. The yeah the dark talon. Yeah. yes or is it the nephilim jet fighter i don't know it's a dark talon. Yeah, yeah 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 so things like like that and flyer and spam are dead um so i i feel like you're going to see a lot more unique lists come out of the roadwork uh so an etc team might consist of two to three off the wall unique factions uh, maybe some guy finally dusts off his his Blood Angels or his Space Wolves army, uh, and then you'll see probably three spam lists of some kind still, uh, and then you'll probably get an Eldar and a Dark Eldar player, or an Eldar and a Chaos player, um, just okay. two really good factions, or an Eldar and a Tyranid player.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, like uh, we've been testing with Sisters of Battle, so I thought thinking just taking Sisters to the ETC. But actually, after the, the FAQ dropped, I decided to 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 drop them because my army was based around all dominions in uh, emulators, oh. which is now not a thing anymore because you can just take three, and then I think the army is not good enough to actually to actually do it. So my my thing was just blocking the board by doing your scout move,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and then having all uh, stormbolter sisters in it, so you could just stormbolt all the whore to death as well so all those things are not an option anymore so i think with just three of dominion the, the the army falls a bit flat on its face so so
0: yeah so yeah and I... then
3: we're also thinking of maybe running a 15 dragoon list i mean testing it's quite okay it's doing quite well so oh, we might see stuff like that you know it's still spammy i mean you have 15 of one kind of uh, unit that costs like i don't know 800 900 points of your army so so yeah you'll still see spam for sure i think but But it will will be nice interesting combos instead of uh the stuff you normally see yeah
0: yeah it won't be an entire list it'll be a spamming of two or three things instead of just one thing um but and and just to go back on sisters uh i I never actually thought about that but having army-wide scout on sisters previously was actually the best thing about the army
3: easily sure it's it uh 8 edition is all about board control and zoning people out right i mean it's just about surviving, not so much as doing damage, but just taking cards and scoring points. I mean the ETC is using Eternal War and Maelstrom, so if you can rack up Maelstrom during a game and deny your opponent to score, it's actually very good. If you can just stay alive till the end, you will not lose your game. Which is what the ETC is all about, you know, these these type of armies like the sisters they just have to score and not be tabled, so and they can do that very well, so
0: Okay, how did the ECC, did the ECC always have Maelstrom missions since they've come out?
3: Uh, pretty much, yeah, since the okay. beginning. We changed, uh, we decided not to use all the cards. We had a limited deck in the beginning. We, we There were like 36 and we decided to use only 24 of those. Um, but now we're just using the full deck.
0: Okay, how do you guys patrol that, uh, police that? Um, obviously, I, I play a lot of card games. Um, Shadespire's going through a little bit of growing pains right now. Um, in terms of policing a card game, essentially, because um, you, you obviously want to prevent cheating and and um, manipulation of the cards. Uh, so how do you guys police that? Do you guys like require sleeves? Do you count decks? Do you give out decks?
3: Um, basically, it's, it's, it polices itself. So, I mean, your opponent will always keep an eye on what you do. If something's mm-hmm. going on a bit fishy, the ref will be involved immediately. And it's very simple. If you get caught cheating at something like that, you're out. So I don't think anybody will take the risk
0: now are you out or is your team out
3: no you're out so but all your games are 20 zero for your team which basically oh, means yeah. you almost ought to lose all rounds
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's not that's yeah. bad
3: so so that's very bad so I don't think anybody will resort to that uh,
0: okay cool how many how many teams have have uh, signed up this year
3: um, we don't know yet so we I think we'll open up registrations. Uh, in a month or something. I mean, you can already register right now on the tourneykeeper.net application, but I think actual payments will only go out next month somewhere. So until that happens, we won't know for sure who's coming because everybody can just sign up on the the tourneykeeper registration, but as long as they haven't paid, it's unsure if they will attend or not. So, but I think uh, over the past few years, we've always had at least 30 teams. So and then we have teams like Australia who always skip a year. So last year they didn't attend, so this year they're attending. So it might be that this year, again, we have uh, some more teams. Um, so so we have Team Argentina attending for the first time as well. So I hope we will get up to 34 or 36 this year.
0: Okay, right on. Right. Did did you find that cutoff date?
3: Yeah, yeah I found that cutoff date. So... Um, me check so we'll stop uh, we'll have list submission by July 2nd we'll stop all the publications by June 11th so this hopefully means orgs will still be in <laughs>
0: um,
3: and then the FAQ uh, from Games Workshop we'll have a deadline on June 25th so that's two weeks before the list submission deadline and uh, we will still keep updating the etc FAQ if we see stuff that's uh, that's wrong or that we think should be addressed, but um, from all the official publications will be frozen at June 25th, and all the publications June 11th, so everything that okay. comes out until June 11th is basically in for the ETC.
0: All right, cool. That, that makes things a lot easier to predict uh, if a Codex makes makes it or not. Uh, all right, Tom. Well, I think that's that's pretty much all my questions. Is there anything you would like to, anyone you'd like to plug or anything you'd like to say?
3: Um, no, just uh, maybe we're starting a, a new website uh, with uh, Glasshammer Gaming. So I'm helping the guys with, with some content. So it's uh, Alex Harrison from the UK team together with uh, Manichima and Dan Bates. Um, so this, they decided they wanted to um, yeah, promote DTC a bit because DTC is a, is a very niche thing. So you have like one, one forum where everything, all the info is, uh, is posted. Um, For the ETC, for 40k, uh, there's like a Captain's Council site where everything is discussed, so that's not open to the public, so it's very difficult to find information. So these guys, Alex Harrison and Manny, they decided to make a website to promote ETC play a bit more. So they're gonna host like the rules packs and the FAQs so people can access that more easily. And they will also do some streaming games. and some some content about ETC specific stuff so people that are interested in it can follow a bit more closely and have a bit of a better idea of uh, what is going on so I encourage everybody to visit uh, the website it's glasshammergaming.co.uk and then uh, if they have any questions they can get in touch with Alex or, or any of the guys on there to get a bit more info
0: yeah and so this I, is I actually want... oh, go ahead
3: yeah I just want to plug that for a little bit yeah because I think yeah. it's very important to get any information about etc out there because I often get this this remark you know I oh, yeah but I didn't know or I couldn't find the the rules back or it's very difficult to get information or stuff like that so this is a good step towards making it a bit more broad and easier accessible by everybody so
0: yeah and for those of you for those of you who haven't clicked on the website yet uh, glasshammergaming.co.uk as tom said I'm looking through it now, and it's actually, it's very cool. It's it's basically a European ETC frontline gaming-ish, like, style website. And so if you go to frontline gaming um, at, for, like, ITC news and ITC information, it's the exact same thing, except ETC version. And Glass Hammer Gaming, obviously not frontline gaming. Um, but yeah, they have they have uh, cool articles. I'm actually looking at the, the State of the Meta article that they have in right now, um, published on the 27th of April. If you guys want to read that, um, and that's cool. It, that's exactly what we needed. Um, well, you know, you guys didn't have that the last time we talked, Tom. Um,
3: no, no, it's and... something recent. The website was launched two days ago, and that's actually also what Alex just said. You know, it's been coming for a long time. We needed that, so they just went with it. And, of course, it was a bit inspired by Frontline Gaming, uh, so recent, and, and you guys are doing a good job. So they want to do a bit the same for the ETC, and they think uh, both can coexist, and... And they need to coexist, and both need uh, the extra exposure. So we hope uh, people will find information more easily that way. So,
0: right on. Yeah. So if you guys want to know more information, uh, I would still check out the ETC website. But now you guys also have Glass Hammer Gaming. Uh, it looks like they have a contact us button, a list writing services, a store. If you're in the if you're in the in in Europe and the UK and you want to purchase some of their products. Um, and then they have the ETC Tournament and the ETC Rules Packs. So for those of you TOs who want to officially start running ETC-style events, there it is. Glasshammer Gaming. Everything's there for you. News articles. Uh, good stuff. Tom, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure.
3: You're most welcome.
0: All right, guys. So if you guys like this, like hearing more about the ETC, let me know. Email me, FrontlineGamingPDPAB at gmail.com. Uh, I strive to give you guys as much broad information as possible about the 40k competitive scene. Um, So if there's anything else you guys want to talk about that, that's a large part of the 40k competitive community. um, That's not just ETC or ITC hit me up. I'm always looking for more interesting competitive 40k news to talk about. Tom, thanks again for coming on and everyone have a good one. Hopefully you guys enjoy the Canadian team coverage from Val later coming on later on the podcast.
1: And welcome to a very special interlude, a special edition live report. Not quite live, it happened two days ago for the Canhammer Team Tournament from Cambridge, Ontario. My name's Val Heffelfinger, and tonight I'm joined with two other team captains from the weekend's festivities. I'm joined by the only less Mexican-sounding Mexican on the internet, Scary.
2: <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, Val.
1: <laughs> no problem. Welcome to Chapter Tactics. I know this is a repeat appearance for you, as it is for our third chair in this conversation. This round table of tabletop titans, we bring the heat here, folks. We are joined by Dan, the Danimal Platt team captain, loaded dice, two-time champion of the Can team tournament. Say hi to your fans, Dan.
4: Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me back. And this introduction has been quite over the top. How are you guys doing? You, you hanging in there? Getting through. It was, uh, it was a pretty busy weekend. There was a lot of drinks, and there was a lot of, a lot of Warhammer, and, you know, catching up to real life now.
1: Three, two, one, sweep the lake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably your team, so the, the, the Canhammer team tournament has a, a, a well-developed uh, soft score package uh, where you have to complete various tasks. One of them is a team chant and uh team cobra kai led by uh Skari over here uh was one of the only teams i think to always do his team chant
2: it was great uh but, you know the the brain this team was the brainchild of jason uh Lichty. sadly he, he moved house the, the weekend of the event and had to essentially drop out of the team we had to fill his spot but um it was uh, it was awesome. Had so much fun. First time going to the event, and like none of the team had ever gone to something like this before. And I could not. Ha- I'm still riding that that tournament high. It was incredible. That it was so much fun.
1: We are known for getting high on tournaments here in Southern Ontario, and to that end, I'd like to uh, maybe kick the top of this uh, roundtable off with. Maybe some hype over some upcoming tournaments that we have in the area. I know this is an all-Canadian edition podcast. You'll note that it's going to be free of the very lame, tired Canadian jokes that you hear from our friends at uh, Frontline Gaming from week to week. And Oh. uh, Oh, yeah. No, oh. no
4: poutine jokes. No moose no. references. No. Oh, I think you just put these in for that reason. Oh my no,
1: goodness, eh? No, no beef. No, 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 no beaver references. Wow, that's too bad. That's <laughs> too bad, eh? Although, <laughs> yeah, too Beavers bad, eh? look good on. <laughs> beavers look good on a nickel, eh, bud? Eh, hey, bud? <laughs> Get that case of two for? Scary's working on his Canadianness.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: that was that was pretty bad. Trying to blend uh, in.
2: Just, just you're inc- Hold on, hold on. Let me take a chug of my maple syrup. A.
4: Excellent. Well,
2: you're better All on right. that. So now we've gotten our Canada <laughs> content uh, done. But yeah, I
1: wanted to, to maybe plug a few tournaments uh, in and around uh, our neck of the woods, which is you know what they call the Greater Toronto Area. Um, coming up uh, hot and fast, actually, is a sold out event uh, up in Sudbury, not the Greater Toronto Area. In fact, it's kind of on Mars. Would you agree, fellas? It's pretty far
2: up. It, it's probably it's yeah. closer to me than all of you.
4: Oh well, there you go. That's it's not. I, <laughs> thought, I thought I was close with you. No so way. <laughs> I, <was>. I <laughs> yeah. thought we were close.
2: Uh, Sudbury's we're like close, five hours north of Barrie. <laughs> <laughs> it's two and a half. Two and a half hours north. It's like, like is ten that hours, it? maybe three. It's the T B M C I T C G T. Heck yeah. they yeah, sold <laughs> out, folks. Sixty-four players. Yeah, major 64 sold out. Players. And it's uh, June 2nd and June 3rd, held by the uh, the Basement Collective. You know, they, they planned it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put it all together. It started as a 30-person tournament that sold out in, like, a week, and they've they doubled the size of the event. Um, and it's a it's, big it, basement, folks. The de- it's a big basement. And what it's happens gonna- in the basement is none of your business.
1: Hopefully they crack a window. And then the following weekend, not Canadian content. But we got something called the Beef and Wing Brawl happening in Buffalo, our kindred spirit neighbors to the south-ish, um, actually uh, just north of Buffalo, actually, uh, not quite Niagara Falls. looks like a great venue. It's at a hotel. And that would be the uh, weekend of... I yeah, know, 9th and 10th. Isn't 9th it? and 10th, yes. Yeah, you're 9th correct. and 10th, yeah.
2: 9th and 10th of June. After that, uh, Scary, what, what might be happening in uh, in Toronto proper? We'll be running the TGX, a tabletop gaming expo, and that is going to be held in Toronto near the airport. A Friday, Saturday, Sunday event, um, and it hosts a variety of different um, tabletop games. Uh, Doubles on the Friday, uh, July 20th, and then July 21st and 22nd we have the uh, 40K GT. As that's well, right. so yeah. And
1: name. to be to be honest, it was it was an attempted at GT last year. We were one. It was shy close. It was really we were close. one shy of making the numbers for it. So I, I know we'll blow that out of the water this year. It is near and dear
2: to my heart. Brand new eighth edition.
1: Yeah, it was brand new eighth edition. It yeah. came out like five minutes before that. We were all making it up. Um, there was still a character spam and flyer spam list in the in the event though, so that's pretty cool. And then uh, finally, there's a really I think Cadillac uh, event. Coming up in August, you want to take that one, Mr. Dan Platt?
4: Yeah, it's probably one of the premier events in Ontario. It's called Capital City Bloodbath. Screw that,
1: man! I'm saying the world. If you in see the world, the, if, if you see the ter- the terrain from the the, the pictures of the CanAm Team Tournament, you're like, that looks beautiful. I want to play on that. Here's your opportunity. Take it away, Dan. Hype it
4: up. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool event. It's got a great venue. It's it's sitting in this actually a really nice looking area part of Ottawa um huge place uh, lots of tables cabinet. lots of events yes Ottawa is the capital of Canada thank you everyone um no, you will not see any of the standard uh polar bears they've been routed out for the month mm-hmm. um it's August obviously they're they're, um, they're
1: hot they're they're in the shade it's sleeping. it's a warm
4: time of year you know they're like
1: koala um, bears in the summer
4: yeah something like that Just lazy yeah. Uh, no, it's a great event. It's going to be big um, every time they. Actually, I think they've already sold like a good 60 70 percent of their tickets or something, <laughs> which amazing. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely one of the premier events in Canada. Everyone's uh, looking forward to go to it. Uh, late August, I think. What were they? Thirteenth, fourteenth, or something, or fifteenth,
1: sixteenth? Uh, we should have looked that up. That's anyway, capital city bloodbath in it. just uh, literally across the street from the airport, much like T G X in Toronto. The-
2: it's the 18th and 19th of August.
1: My thank 18th you, man. and 19th of August, folks. You heard it here. Giving you the fresh Southern Ontario tournament news. That's why you tune into Chapter Tactics. Wait a second. No, it's not. But we plugged them anyway. Because apparently we can, Hammer, here in the <laughs> Great White North. <laughs> hmm.
2: And it's uh, like two weeks after the ETC. So that's exciting as well.
1: Yes. Uh, an event that the three of us will be attending together. That's right. And hand in hand. Um, but we were not on the same team. Uh, only days ago, we had to put our our, our loyalties aside and, uh, and and try and hurt each other's feelings on the tabletop. Does anyone want to take point on explaining uh, the Canhammer team tournament, the format, what's going on with
4: it? Well, I can definitely jump in on that. If you have been familiar with the ATC at all, if anyone's encountered that, with much of the listeners, I imagine have seen it. But for anybody who hasn't, uh, this is a five-person team event. So you come up with a, a team of friends get ready, um, and you play against another five-man team for the event. Uh, you get paired up against them, and what happens is you play five separate games, the tally or the result of each game is then compiled into a whole team score, and then uh, then everything is compiled, and you, co- you, uh, you either win or lose the round as a, as a team rather than uh, just independent or singles or even doubles like that, you, uh, you actually fight as a team, it's really interesting. Uh, very different style of event. If you've only been ever been to singles events, um, yeah, it's a it's very interesting. Um, definitely a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I my, think that's the main part of it.
1: My first experience uh, in in the team format came at uh or team tournament last year. Kind of scraped together a group of local heroes, and, and we went out and, and had a great time. And I, I just love the the pairings aspect of of, of a team tournament is a lot of fun, and also just the team aspect. A lot of times. Like we've said at other points on the show when we talked about ETC format in general, is you know, you got to do what you got to do for the team. Sometimes that means not losing too badly. Um, so, you know, even if you are in a bad matchup, you know, there's still a game to be had just by not getting blown off the table. And uh, the Caneber Team Tournament, too, one, one um, annoying but also awesome thing about it is uh, it sells out uh, about as soon as it goes on sale. So uh, if, if it is something that does grab your attention, you got to be ready to grab your tickets. Uh, the second they go available, there's a room for this year. They got it up to 22 teams.
2: 22 teams, 110 yeah. people at
1: the. So event it was 110 event. people, very coveted, uh, you know, tickets, and you could tell that if they had the the venue for it, they could up the capacity quite a bit. But um, yeah, if you do, if if this uh, whets your whistle and uh, makes you want to come up to Canada to compete. Or if you're a Canadian and you're thinking, hey, I've never heard of this before. Just be ready. I guess usually they go on sale, what, January-ish? I think it was actually November.
4: It sells out almost immediately. 110 players. Uh, yeah, so 22 teams. Uh, illustrious history. Uh, very cool. Very fun event.
1: All right. So speaking of illustrious history, why don't we uh, maybe kick off with a little bit of a of, of a of a share of, you know, what was your team? Maybe some of the main lists that you guys picked. Uh, yeah, Dan, uh, illustrious sure. history. Uh, I think I referred to it in your, in your introduction. Uh, you very humbly, uh, at the end of the event on the weekend, were walking around with an adepticon medal around your neck. You're not one <laughs> who's shy of the podium. Uh, what is Loaded Dice done in Loaded dice. this dice tournament?
4: Yeah, so Loaded Dice is my uh, my London, Ontario-based uh, Warhammer 40k team. Uh, we have been in the scene for quite a while, and of course, we wanted to come to the team event um, when it was uh, when it was fir- when Canber Team Tournament was first founded uh we showed up and we actually won uh so that's pretty exciting it was it was not quite as big but still pretty big uh we came back the next year we won again so our name as the first two spots on the uh on the stanley cup if you will of the uh of the canada team tournament
1: and we won't blow the lead and we'll uh, we'll discover maybe in a little bit whether or not there is a third etching of loaded dice mm-hmm, on that mm-hmm. on that hallowed trophy um, so, uh, w- what was your team comprised of? What five lists did you guys bring, and uh, and why did you feel like they were the best choices?
4: Sure, we had a uh, so just uh, just so everyone knows this what this event was pre uh, Big FAQ TM. Um, it was so it's it's going to be distinct from what is going to might be the current meta when you listen to this kind of thing, but uh, we will jump right into it. Uh, we brought a poxwalker farm list. Um, maybe not completely optimized. But there's five plague burst crawlers in it. Uh, we brought a dark talon hell on wings list. That was terrible and defeated people. Um, we brought a actually a new Necron list with three three Satans, some Wraiths, and a bunch of characters. And, How did that go for you? You know, that was actually one of our interesting lists. It, we we had to we had a, a late a last minute drop. Uh, from our team so we had to bring in a new person who only had necrons the necron book was only out for like you know two days or something before we had to submit our lists so we had to fumble through and fight we did pretty good he had some good matchups he had some bad matchups i just like the idea that it's like
1: oh shit we need a new player uh, uh i guess we'll take the necrons guy like we yeah
4: same we'll rom- just same this problem. brand new thing yeah let's just go for that right but um yeah so that's the other list that's one of the other lists we brought um I feel like, oh yeah, we brought the, uh, the Eldar list. The Eldar list. The um, Eldar Everyone knows the Eldar list. It's pretty simple, but uh, it is what it is. And we brought the the Nasty. This is the army that I played. The, um, the Seven Hive Tyrant, Three Moloch, Hurt You in the Feelings Hootie kind hoo. of army. Um, and that's what I brought. So those are our five lists.
1: And what about uh, you, Skari?
2: So, in the team, Team Cobra Kai, I brought the Eldar list. We had Primaris Space Marines Crimson Fists. This was a very, a very interesting Primaris Space Marine list. It didn't look like much on paper, but was played by Rob, who had uh, who has been developing and playing this list for, you know, you know, five months or almost six months. So very, yeah, that was a very tough list that 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 did very well in the tournament. Uh, then we had a Custodes list with two Land Raiders. A couple of units of custodes and some characters. Uh, that was Jared's list. It was uh, probably the the weirdest list we had, and we we sacrificed him essentially every single game that we had. And there'll
1: be more <laughs> to talk about that. It was a real interesting little jab list you guys would throw out there. <clears throat>
2: yeah, it was great. It was the most underestimated list in our team, and it and and, uh, and rightfully did, so. And it did exactly what we were expecting it to do. Um, then we had uh, Kevin, who who brought his uh, Astromilitar. Had one Shadow Sword, where most Astromilitarum just had three. Uh, a couple of Punishers. Uh, Crusaders. Cool little Crusader unit with their Storm Shields, which uh, you know would tie things up in combat, which was really fun. Uh, Bullgrin, and then some Psyker support and some Sentinels for screening. Um, and then... Uh, the last one was uh, Chris. Chris brought uh, about 80 gene stealers. And that was uh, a combination of both uh, Leviathan gene stealers with a swarm lord, as well as um, gene stealer cult um, ones as well. That, and, and they all would come in in different ways. So his was a very aggressive, pressure style army as well.
1: Very cool. Um, Rounding up the pack here, I was uh, captaining my beloved team, Cash Money Hammer. Uh, We all had t-shirts, by the way. Everyone had t-shirts. That's how cool we are at this event. Um, uh, On our team, uh, I myself wound up uh, piloting an Imperial Soup uh, Custodes uh, mixed with Scions. I guess you might describe it as not optimized, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, also had, you know, three assassins, Celestine, lots of cool tools, able to move around the board, recycling command points. It was uh, unlike a list I've ever really played. Uh, had to learn it for the event uh, because uh, one of our team members uh, uh, about a month ago was like, can't wait for the tournament next week, fellas. And we said, it's actually in three weeks. And uh, he said, oh shit, I can't do that. So then we wound up with a, a, a Necrons player, just like uh, with Dan's, Dan's team. And uh, this guy, you know, I I wrote him to see, you know, if I I knew he had been interested in in Necrons and and, like super passionate about it. He came to TGX last year. So I reached out to him because Necrons, maybe they're the new hotness. I don't know. But he's up in Thunder Bay. Now, we mentioned Sudbury before, but Thunder Bay, Thunder Bay, way further north than even that. It's up at the Lakehead, top of Lake Superior. This guy has been rocking Necrons since the Leak Codex came out. So he was well trained, ready for this moment. And uh, he came in, actually, and played really strong all the way through. Um, then we had, of course, uh, Flying Hive Tyrants, uh, piloted by a guy who absolutely loves ne- uh, his Tyranids here. Um, so he actually had to get over his disgust uh, to, to run his Tyranid list, uh, which I forced him uh, by handing him the same box of Flying Hive Tyrants that Dan came in second at the Berry Bash with. And then uh, what else do we have? We, Of course, we had uh, my, my main man, Conrad. He was uh, running the uh, so-called LVO winning list um, and running it deftly all the way throughout the the uh, the events. And finally, we had uh, Old Man Stu, uh, uh, who was uh, running his sort of chaos and stuff type list. He had uh, Demon Princes, Cultists, some Obliterators, um, and uh, just repeatedly uh, answered the call to dive right under the wheels of the bus. Uh, we'll tell you how that all worked out, uh, I guess, starting around now. Now, one cool thing about about the can team tournament is the fact that they announced the round one pairings, usually around a week in advance, so you can see the train coming. And In fact, I'm going to plug another podcast that we're currently scooping, which makes me so happy, the actual Can Hammer podcast, Um, the week or two before uh, the event, they actually will do a a drawing um, on air of all the first-round matchups, so you know what team you're going up against. The first year Cash Money Hammer showed up, obviously, was 2017. And we didn't really know at the time what we were getting into, but we drew a little dynasty called Loaded Dice for our first round, and we got what around these parts we like to call being platted and uh, lost real bad and uh, we did our best we did our best but uh you know and battled back submarine through and finished better than we ever thought we would which was great and so we thought you know this time we'll get warmed up with a nice casual group of guys maybe some dudes just there to drink some beers and high five their pals nope what did we draw dan
4: you drew
1: loaded dice for the second year in a row Second year in a row, we're staring down the barrel of the
2: gun. Ridvan, who did you guys draw in the first round? So we drew Forbes first Legion. And um, I remember on the podcast, everybody was did not root for us. And I will say that we handedly beat them.
1: Yes. All right. Well, I guess you blew the lead on how your first round went. So we're going to go back to hyping loaded dice <laughs> and cash money hammer. <laughs> <laughs> So, Forbes First Legion, unceremoniously dismissed by Cobra Kai first round. I don't know, uh, were you guys sleeping well uh, coming into the matchup against Cash Money Hammer? What was it like on the other side of the trench coming into this matchup?
4: That is a good question. You know what? We saw your list and we were very intrigued. That's one thing, I guess, about the tournament, that uh, all the lists are published like a, about a month in advance. So, you really have time to prepare your your... your Uh, organization your matchup process that kind of thing so that's pretty cool Uh, when we sat down and looked at uh, our our first round opponents we knew that you guys brought some serious stuff and that you guys were coming for it this year Um, so it was good to see that the that the intensity was there Um, you had some answers for us which was uh, which was very interesting Uh, we had some conversion lists that we had to kind of take out um, but it, we knew it wasn't going to be an easy, uh, easy walk in that particular park. That's for sure.
1: So I'll tell you what was going on on our side. Uh-huh. Uh, first, uh, we moved through. Uh, I think it was denial, uh, <laughs> and then, then it was anger. Uh, you transition into acceptance. And then a cold, stone-hearted determination to do our damnedest to beat you bastards at 40K at the (laughs) Hammer Team Tournament, which actually didn't lead to a lot. We actually had a table in our hotel room, and we were practicing the night before. Yeah, actually, it was pretty badass. Mm, Um, Anyway, yeah, coming into it, looking at your lists, you know, definitely a lot of big boy lists, you know, like a lot of the, the tyrants of Adepticon uh, mm-hmm. All, all the lists that sort of uh, became internet memes were present on your roster. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were definitely. I was, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure how well we could match up, and mm-hmm. uh, and what I was, you know, saying to the the buys uh, before the matchup was, it'd be it be, you know, if there's something we can come out of this with, it's it it's hopefully a draw. Mm-hmm. So what the the marching orders to the team was, don't lose as best you can. And don't, you know, don't go for the Hail Mary. We just want to get out of this without an L. And um, my matchup was uh, against your Poxwalker list. Mm -hmm. Um, And, again, with custodies, lots of bikes, you know, the Bolters, you know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe this could work. Because I've I've faced that list a number of times with Orcs, and it's never a good time. You don't have the range to, to... you know, penetrate, kill poxwalkers, anyway, I've never handled the matchup very well, so I got first turn, and uh, was able to kill an entire unit of 40 cultists, and a lot of things bounced my way, and I got a very narrow victory in that. So when you're in the captain role, you're the only one who's allowed to sort of relay information between Mm -hmm. uh, team members, so all the way through this tournament, I'm running sort of up and down the line of tables, getting updates, and I could hear that things were kind of tight. Uh, What was happening over in your game?
4: Uh, my game was actually against uh, I think his name was Matt right
1: yeah that was Matt yeah
4: um, great player really smart guy we actually uh, were surprised when you guys actually picked a mirror match so we played yes. Hive tyrants versus hive tyrants um, it was a solid game uh, we played the whole way through um, I did end up uh, with a max point win against him um, so that was uh, that was surprising for a mirror match no doubt in the interest of playing for
1: the draw we actually put out uh, you know it was we put out our, our Tyrants. Well, picked the tyrants in a mirror, and we also picked Eldar in a mirror, and we got, yeah, we got the win song. on That one, yeah, we did. So
4: that was uh, that was very interesting. If you're just looking for a coin toss, just call heads, you know. I mean, that's what you got, right? So there you go. Um, I think uh, I think overall, what was what happened was kind of expected, uh, minus the one that kind of swung it in uh, in a specific way. Um, we had our Dark Talent army play against your Necron army. Right, that was there was um,
1: one army that uh, that Sebastian said that he did not want to play on your team, and it was the Dark Talent list. Days yeah, we like days in advance. He said, "Please don't make me play that that list." And that, that's then what, exactly then what, what we
4: thought. Yeah, we thought that was going to be like, oh, look, hey, this is something that they can't touch us. You know, our whole army has uh, minus one, uh, sorry, minus two to hit. Um, They're based in an entire Tesla-based army. Um, Unless something really goes bad and the dice just go absolutely crazy, there's no way they can beat that army. And, of course, when you say that kind of thing, you tempt the mistress of fate and that's what happens. So what happened there? Eh? In the first turn, I think uh the Necron player with two doomsday arcs killed three dark talents or something like that? I believe it was like, four. I believe four was, was, was the final talent. Final four. Race. That mu- that must have been it. Sure, four.
1: He shot fireballs from his ass.
4: That was that was amazing. That was unbelievable. Um, literally unbelievable.
1: He called a coach's timeout, I believe, after it happened.
4: Yeah, something like that. Like that's just that's just unfathomable. Now, I will say in defense of my uh, my player, um, he brought it back ridiculously hard, and the uh, Sebastian right. He had a single model with a single wound alive at the end of the game, uh, and luckily rolled it to end the game at that moment, which turned it into an eleven nine win for sebastian so that was that was magical um that was that was unexpected at the very least so in in nine out of ten situations i'm pretty sure we win that round um but you guys got the uh you guys got the draw
1: meanwhile down at the other end our chaos dude is getting shellacked but not too shellacked scrapes together five points i wind up with a narrow 11 to 9 victory against the Poxwalkers. also luck out and the game ends before the sixth turn can be played um, and we eke out the draw, like you said, against loaded dice. Perhaps the greatest victory in my life uh, <laughs> uh, wasn't even a victory at all, uh, which is somewhat sad and ironic. So that was uh, loaded dice first round. And uh, how did you guys feel about that? Obviously, for us, we were ecstatic because a draw means you're not out of it.
4: Yep, I mean that's actually kind of how we felt as well. Uh, we've all we were we didn't have the 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 prep time or like the not to make excuses, but we just weren't really ready this year um so we were going into it um with with our with our head in our in our in the clouds we weren't really there yet so it was uh it was a good wake up i'll say that much rung to, that uh, bell to catch a draw
1: i uh my my training regimen for all tournaments is simply uh the rocky montage on
4: repeat i should have America. done that i'm it's gonna, I'm gonna learn need. from you
1: all you need going into the second round Van, you guys have been cooling your jets you tabled everyone Turn two. forbes first legion ain't nothing no, no. I they, heard you say it. They're chumps. They,
2: <laughs> they fought hard. We were surprised. Um, it came down to the last game, and we pulled. We pulled. Uh, like uh, just so everybody understands, each game is from zero to twenty points. So a round of five is uh, zero to a hundred points. So uh, that first round, we we got got away with about sixty-five to, you know, twenty something or whatnot. Oh, sorry, 30-something. So it was. It, there was a few games that were tight. But after that second round, feeling feeling excited about life because it's the first time we've ever been to this thing, uh, we end up playing Team Rejects. Damn, well,
1: well Scary gets his head straight. After your bell was rung, you guys are getting back on your feet.
4: What what greets you in the second round? We actually get to play the people we played, I think, second round the year before, That's which amazing. was the Greater Windsor Table Warriors. Uh, cool dudes, uh, lots of fun. Um, I I did the same thing. I actually played another mirror match with another <laughs> Tiered Player, so I did the same thing again. Um, so that was pretty fun. Uh, but we did actually end up winning that round uh, fairly decently, actually, um, with uh, with conversion of the Tiered Player. So that was uh, that was a good good game for sure. Tyler's a great captain, great guy.
2: They came in third last year. The year before, sorry.
4: They did. Yeah, they really did. They they did uh, they did really well. They really stepped the game up.
2: Okay, yes, our second round was against um, uh, Team Rejects, and they were in the running for uh, for going all the way. You know, very tough, uh, hard hitting lists. Some of the games were so tight that it came down to one or two things at the end of the game that swung the game completely in their favor at the end. And um, um, my game was like that. I played Hive Tyrant Spam and had a fantastic. Close, tightly knit game that flipped on me. It was a like thir- a fourteen-six loss, but it flipped on me on like turn four, where Eldrad, uh, a Farseer, Cat Lady, uh, a Spirit Seer, and a Warlock Council failed to cast any psychic powers.
1: I thought they were gonna walk into a bar.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a very, very unique psychic phase in which. None of my psychic fouls went, went off, and all they had to do was try and kill this one hive tyrant. That's
1: on the same order of magnitude as a male scepter killing three shield captains as happened to the host of this show.
2: And it was such a tight game that that little tiny thing just kind of snapped the tension of the game and flipped it in his favor. So, um, oh, that and my incarn um, perilsing herself and killing herself at the end of the game. Which uh, which was not not what I would have expected on a on her trying to cast. So did was a smite. it uh,
1: did you see wound up uh, not carrying the day?
2: That matchup we did take the loss, and at the uh, at the middle of day one we were one win not and one bad.
1: loss. Cash Money Hammer, we uh, we went in against uh, Team Semi Pro, led by is it Ron McCallum? Is that his name? That is definitely his name. Ron is is a cool dude. He's a guy I got to match up against. That's a strong he, uh, word. Is he a cool dude?
4: He's a crazy he struck me dude.
1: You seemed like a nice guy. He's pretty crazy. A good Canadian boy. Yeah, fair. Um, anyway, uh, not a boy at all. A man in his own right, uh, playing a, a lot of uh, you know Primaris Marines and aggressors, and uh, a little aggressive. Uh, you know, living up to his name. Brought them in uh, first turn against uh, my custodes, and I murdered them where they stood. And That was pretty much it. We went for beers, had a great time. Uh, elsewhere on the tables, I'm pretty sure we almost max pointed them. I might be overstating it, but if you know, maybe there was five points left on the board, so it was a pretty good uh, second round for Cash Money Hammer. We were, uh, you know, feeling virile and uh, the adrenaline was pumping. Uh, coming into round three against everyone on the podcast favorite team at the Can Hammer Team Tournament, by this point, Forbes First Legion, That's who we played in round three. Um, Guys, who did you get matched up with coming in to the end of the day? This is a long day, by the way, guys. We started at, what, 8.30 in the morning? The final round ends. It was a 12-hour day. I think it went 8.30 to
2: 8.30. Very long day, but the three-and-a-half-hour rounds were excellent. i got to
1: say, do you guys like the long day? I love the long day. Capital City Bloodbath also does a long day. I love it. I think
2: it's great. You start super early, you play until it's dark. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I loved being able to look at the at the clock, at the countdown timer, and seeing that I still had an <laughs> hour and a half left. And just feeling so relaxed, being able to know that the game was going to be played from start to finish. It was fantastic. It's a very
4: long round, and it is very reminiscent of uh, the actual ETC, which is nice. Um, it I felt it was a little, a, you know...
1: That's a four-hour round.
4: It is well, three and a half hours round. I'm pretty sure that's pretty close, right? I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm it not is. Gonna, but I'm, I'm just not great saying, with math, like, but.
1: people are gonna say three and a half hours. That's a long ass round, etc. It really is. Is four hours. It's it like, is. It's like that's like the casual 40k tournament at LVL. That's actually anyway. a good point. Yeah. Uh, what were you uh, walking into round three?
4: We went into uh, one to rend, which is uh, was a bit of a mitchmash team where a couple guys registered, grabbed a couple ringers from the states, actually. Oh yeah. Um Mr. Koska was there, uh, a very popular uh American dude. Uh so was TJ Lanigan. I think he was. TJ Lanigan. Uh, yep, that's the man. Um last minute edition, I believe.
1: Yeah, uh, he was, I believe, one Josh Durth was supposed to be uh was supposed to be playing, uh had yeah. some car trouble. Josh Durth. Death.
4: Josh sure. Death. So yeah, so. um that was uh that's who we went up against. We actually another ETC member was on that team, Eric Marco. Oh, of course. He was also on that team, who I got to play against. So I didn't have to play Tyranids. So that was nice. What, uh, what was your matchup? I got to play against the Eldar list, which was great for me because that's what I wanted. So
1: That is what that list was designed to uh, destroy.
4: It was. It really was, and it, it did its job uh, in spades. So, um, Yeah, we ended up taking that round, so we were at uh, two wins and a draw at the end of day one.
1: Now, I made a lot of poor life choices earlier in life. Gary, have we uh, talked about your third round yet? Not at all.
2: Um, so third round, we went in and faced off against the Basement Collective.
1: Were you nervous uh, because it was a YouTube channel throwdown?
2: It was definitely a YouTube channel throwdown, although every time I threw my army out, they would pawn my army off to somebody else.
1: <laughs> well, I mean that's a sign of respect.
2: Absolutely. It was great. so we did uh, win that round um, and uh, this was uh, and it would have been, I believe it was it was going to be a tie had Jared not gotten five points with his custody. Custody's list of uh take now i
1: don't want to get team. too far down the line in in tournament results
2: but um Skari, could you tell us old jared how many points did he get in the entire tournament he played five games and lost five games and got five out of a possible 100 points and you
1: know what those five points those five points came in handy right when right when your team needed him old jared answered the call
2: Yes, he did, and that was it. Was the best five points that we got all tournament, making a draw into a win. Well,
4: that's pretty cool, yeah.
2: And then uh, it was uh, nighttime, and we went for food. That's true.
1: Well, Cash Money Hammer had, uh, as mentioned, Forbes first Legion. Now, you guys have dragged their name through the mud, but we don't treat our opponents that way. And we saw these guys, and we thought, these guys are for real. They have a Legion, and we're going to take them as serious as possible. Uh, I am just trying to fill time while I desperately try and remember who I played. Person, personally, um,
2: well, while you're thinking of that, I will, um, I will say a huge shout out to the uh, to the Drukari player on their team. The only loss he had was against our team, but that Drukari army, index Drukari, went four wins and one yes. loss at the event. Uh, yeah. He had three Void Raven bombers. He had Trueborn with lances in like raiders, uh, it, and it was really cool to see. And it and it was painted uh, gorgeously. I loved his color scheme as well.
1: I remember all those nice things that I said about Forbes First Legion. Well, I I didn't mean them, because we actually played Forbes Second Legion. Thanks <laughs> to the magic of editing, you guys don't know that I forgot who we played for about five minutes, and I've been fiendishly scrolling through the list of army lists. For that period of time i i got to play uh, a really nice guy playing eldar he uh wasn't well he was playing a pure bealtan um you know um largely aspect driven list it actually was a lot of fun because he had a lot of small specialty units i had my you know uh juiced up custodies dudes on bikes running around there was a lot of segments and areas of the board where there was just a few models that that kind of swung the game at the end of the day I did was able to table him and I think we did have another um, You know pretty epic victory over the second legion, but we had a blast playing these guys and it was a great way to end the day Um, And uh, well, I hope they also had a good time of course. Uh, What did you guys do uh, after the uh, After the uh, festivities came to an end did you go out you have some drinks go home and
4: sleep a bit of everything I, I, we definitely drove halfway back through yeah. Ontario it felt like to go to where, one restaurant that somebody just had to go to and then we definitely went back to the hotel and drank and had some fun
2: we went, got food, went to the hotel room, slept, and got up early, mm, ready to rock and for day two. Pretty
4: serious. stuff. That's some top-table behavior right there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. We uh, we
1: went out for something to eat, but also uh, behaved ourselves as best as possible. And uh, kind of went home and uh, got to bed early.
4: No, oh, aren't you guys just a, a ball of life?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as I'm saying that, um, I'm not convinced that we played Forbes Second Legion in uh, mm-hmm. that third game. I'm pretty sure they were the first game of day two. Um, so we're just gonna pretend that I told some great story about our third round and uh, move on. What was your first round of the second day, people with a memory?
2: We played the A team, and by A I mean Canadian. Oh, that's a, a good bit. Team. Chris Mallink and um and Riley 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 yeah Riley from like Kitchen of Waterloo and Donnie um and they were playing you know uh Plasma Dark Angels and uh I got matched up against uh, Mortarion Magnus uh the corn lawnmower tank thing a demon prince and like biker units uh and that was a very intense game. It was really fun. It was a very cool matchup and round. We had a lot of fun. The guys played... Like, it was just very wonky-style lists. And uh, I think this is when he got the five... Uh, Jared got his five points for to turn it into a win. I believe this was it, yeah. And then... Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then we, we were at three and one at that point, And we were super, super stoked that we'd lost against... One of the armies that was up in the running for first place. So, you know, being that we had uh, some, it was no practice or, or anything at all, it was kind of neat.
4: Dano? I got to play the team Rejects.
2: Oh, Rejects
1: appears again.
4: Yeah, so they were actually undefeated up to that point. Um, and I believe, if I remember correctly. Maybe they got lost. I don't remember. Either way. I feel uh, like
1: they must have been.
4: They must have been? Yeah, that sounds right. So they're undefeated. Yeah, they were the only undefeated team. We got paired up to them uh they are a, a, a shamble of toronto people internet famous for for
1: for various reasons
4: for various reasons actually yeah good point um so yeah so that was that kind of got the matchups we got i got to play another mirror match so another Flyrant versus Flyrent. uh we got a great matchup with our dark talent army versus their wraith army uh and we actually yeah so we took the round
1: that's brilliant i've recovered from my uh, on-air stroke and uh uh, I'm just going to pretend like we played Warp's First Legion in the fourth round. I played uh, Chaos, uh, Demons, List. You know, again, a mix of Obliterator's... Actually, a fluffy sort of Chaos list. They did. He did have the Feculent Gnarle Maw. Ma. He had a nice mix of, of, you know, Blood Letters, Pink Horrors. It was actually a beautiful
2: list to look at, too. I think. Wasn't he... Didn't he have that really cool display board? He with did. The, it was tucked away. With the, uh, volcano, the volcano and man? stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, he was. That was yeah probably that was that That was was. forbes first legion that was that was my first round opponent oh yeah i i I
1: really liked it i i did wind up being able to play it but i was super paranoid about all the stuff he could bring in from deep strike that was a a nice another resounding win for us so we were actually coming in to the fifth round pretty hot and heavy guys
4: it's getting crazy it was a, it was a pretty serious round, considering we were all kind of in contention. They were
1: What's the meta of of the tournament right now? Because like we, we, all of these teams that that, were, that we were a part of, you know we're all right at the top of the heat, but there's also you know some serious action going on. Who else was up there?
4: Yeah, so the big one was Canhammer. Um, that was the one that was one of the other teams to beat. Um, the, the The top, let's say three contenders uh, that were going to win the event or expected to win the event. Uh, they were also on the same record as uh, as Val's team as well as my team. Uh, three wins and a draw. So it really was anybody's game.
1: There were, if I'm not mistaken, there was not a team on four wins going into the last round.
4: Yeah, that's right. So it's, uh, Which is pretty wild. Rather interesting, yeah. So it was, it was very dramatic. Um, anything could have really happened. Uh, but interesting, uh, obviously Val and my team had already played, so somebody had to either get paired up or paired down. Of
1: course, Cash Money Hammer doesn't care how you get there as long as you pay the bills. And we got pared down.
4: You did. You sure did. We got
1: pared down to some chumps. Some some also ran team called Cobra Kai. That is yep. correct. Now I'm not gonna lie to you. I might have done a quiet fist pump when I saw that I wasn't about to play Canhammer and instead had to play Cobra Kai for what I think was actually the, the title here. Yeah. So we were re- we were really excited to get to play Cobra Kai and not the guys who we thought we were supposed to be afraid of. But uh, how did you feel seeing our names on that list, uh, uh, Skari?
2: Well, as we had been saying the entire tournament, just one more game of 40k. I thought it was sweep the leg. Well, that's what we were saying, (laughs) but I meant that was our team chant. In the huddle, we were talking about focusing on the one game we had left and how we had exceeded all expectations and just kind of go out and just play a game and and have some fun, really. It sounds really cliche, but we just knew we didn't want to play the Eldar on your list because that was my list. And we knew that um, that that we couldn't have that we yeah. wanted the space Marines against the Tyranids. and we knew oh that we wanted um, and then as soon as our god player saw your wow. army, that we wanted that matchup. So we knew that a couple of things had to happen, but we, we were just, we were just ready to, to, to throw some punches and, and show the So here's
1: did, here's what two of uh, our players uh, you know, on the team, uh, in contention, in the hunt to win the whole thing. Uh, they thought, hey, let's go to Wendy's and be completely late for the round, which was awesome. Uh, so I'm throwing them right under the bus on this podcast, and I've been waiting three days to do this, even though I still love them. Um anyway we came in um and decided to do what we had been doing the whole tournament, which was uh essentially would throw out our hammer, which was uh which was our tierna's list. And uh, you know, that's how you wound up playing Dan and, and uh you know, generally speaking, was was how it would go. And I believe he returned both the guard list and the um and the space marines list. And on that Mm -hmm. list, I think, honestly, the wiser choice would have been to take the guard, but we saw, you know, incorrectly identified the aggressors as being a bunch of chumps. Tell you what. What what do those (laughs) aggressors do? Can you approximate how many shots those aggressors can dump into a flying hive tyrant?
2: It's uh, 2d6 plus, um, I believe, 12 shots at close range or something like that.
1: So we're talking a uh, veritable ton of bolter shots uh, coming in
2: at... Those aggressors do a lot. Yeah, compared with the rerolls from the well, chapter master s- as well as the re so from, from, from uh, the So reading this list, someone
1: said uh, on my team, "Who's the what? what's the chapter tactics? And I replied, who cares? Uh, because I read that it was Crimson Fists. This was dumb. You know what wound up, Hathgari?
2: Uh... It ignores cover. It That's ignores what. cover
1: and also tabled the shit out of our Tyranids uh, <laughs> list. So checkbox one for Cobra Kai on, on that matchup. Yeah. We also uh, threw, uh, took the bait, hook, line, and sinker uh, through our Eldar list at Custodes, who delightfully got stomped. So that was our 20 points. Um, we uh, we you're, you're noticing a theme here. Every single matchup, we played into their evil hands um they we got totally totally destroyed in in the in the matchup game uh very outfoxed and so i tip my cap to you guys because i mean i got i got to play kevin who's uh probably the i've never thought of guard as being crafty but i just like to shout out uh him for having like amazing control of his stratagems there were uh one time there was this cool thing where i you know always I'll, i'll throw celestine out tie up some tanks in the backfield you know just be disruptive and I activated a Calidus Assassin first that was doing the same thing, and he, uh, Stratagem, interrupted the combat phase so that he could base Celestine with one of his tanks, meaning that his other tank didn't get caught up in in close combat. I don't know, have you guys ever heard of that? blew my mind when he did that. I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, so anyway, Gotta I move, got con- yeah. I was trying to hide essentially uh, behind an umbrella stand from a Shadow Sword with a bunch of Custodes bikers, and it didn't work out too well for me, so that was a tabling. Did we get more than 20 points in the final matchup?
2: I won my matchup. Yeah, no, we got a 60. I think we got 60 Maybe the Necrons? Points. Yeah, Do the we Necrons you play- maybe win? Yeah, he got it. It was 60. The Necrons destroyed the Gene so, stealers. That was one list that that yeah, that was another matchup that we were. It was up in the air and just it didn't Cash work. Cash
1: money first. hammer got cashed in, and uh, that's what they said. You know, so the, the winning team was focused. They didn't look past. They du- they looked within themselves. They dug deep and they finished strong. So to your, congratulations to your team. I'm still sad. Dan, what happens to Loaded Dice in the
4: final round? We get paired up against Can Hammer, which is uh, I think it's literally called the Can Hammer Team Tournament. Uh, these guys have been super hardcore prepping into the event. Uh, lots of work put in. Uh, lots of thought put in. So that was great. They're um, pretty casual, though. Some, yeah, sure. The whole sure. team is on Sorry. the ETC team. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's not multiple ETC members, multiple years. The One of the best players in Canada on the team is the captain. You know, whatever, right? Uh, no, solid team um, for sure. Um, except the French guy. I mean, no one likes him.
1: No one likes Max DuBois. This is actually on our money up here.
4: Yeah, that's that's the thing. In Max, we don't trust. <laughs> no, it was a good round. Uh, we, we, I think we flubbed a little bit on a couple of the matchups where we thought one thing would go one way and another would go another, but uh, we also got kind of rocked in our Eldar v. Eldar mirror match.
1: Okay. Any particular reason?
4: I, I think, I think um, I don't know, honestly. We, we, there was a bad redeploy um, that I don't think our Eldar player saw coming which ended up um, biting them quite badly. Um, so we lost a couple games, we won a couple games. We you know our Dark Talon army tabled somebody. Um, our and then other guys got kind of a little bit of uh, just a few points. Uh, so it came down to my game, which ended up being uh, the Flyrin Army versus Jason Sparks, who last year was the best Canadian player in the ITC. He sure was. Very, very talented general. Uh, came fifth in Adaptagon, whatever it was. All-around cool guy. All-around pretty cool guy, uh, playing an Ultra Death 8 Dark Talon Painful Army. Um, and it was a nail-biter of a game the whole way through. Jason, when they when they when they picked that matchup, they said that statistically they would win it just by just by numbers. And I was able to pull out a 20-0 Whoa. To gain a, a draw. So
1: you guys drew the final round.
4: So we drew the final round. Oh my! God. Very very crazy stuff. It was uh the top, like the the two teams that were expected to like compete for the top prize drew the final round. It was pretty crazy.
1: Okay, so dust is settling. Uh, I am weeping. What what winds up being the final the final thing? Because because the scoring isn't a hundred percent battle, right? Um, it's actually, and in fact, this is one this is a format I, I really like. I mean, they can do some stuff to tune it up, but um, I really enjoy that you know you have to do you have to hit your sports. And sports isn't just like do your opponents like you. It's it's stuff like the team cheer, like I was saying. It's giving your opponents a trinket. It's having you know team t shirts It's all stuff that really adds to the I don't know the environment and, and the atmosphere of the event um and uh and so that's like 20 percent and then painting so if you look at all the pictures of of the tournament you're going to notice except for loaded dice that they have really nice uh painted armies <laughs> um so yeah it all it all adds a lot to the experience so what winds up happening in the overall standings at the end
4: so there are three teams tied for first place uh can hammer team rejects and loaded dice uh, the tiebreaker has to go down to the fourth tiebreaker point, which ends up being paint score, and Canhammer takes the win with one point on the paint on the paint score.
1: Dang!
4: It was it was dramatic. It was a photo finish.
1: It was a really great finish. I mean, hard to draw it up any better. I don't know. I thought it was really cool overall scary. like it's uh your first team tournament experience you've signed up for the UTC so how did you feel how, how at the end at the end of it all what was it what was it like for you I
2: felt I felt very it was it was awesome it was great to to play with a like-minded set uh, uh, number of individuals on a team that had like clear goals and 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 like a very similar mindset and it was really cool to see how even if you lost a game you know you your team still had a chance of winning as long as you did your part, you know? And uh, and that itself was just great experience here for going to the to the actual ETC. And our placing just surprised the hell out. We had no expectations going into our first Can Team Tournament yeah. event. But, um, you know, we didn't, like, no expectations just meant that there was no pressure. But we were very, very pleased getting, um, getting our fourth place standing at... Uh, out of 22, very, very cool team. Like it was just great, all in general. So we're very, very pleased with that result. Yeah, I think you guys
1: should be real proud of proud of your your efforts out there. No, I, the, the, your whole team played really craftily. You were playing lists that, I don't know. I think there's something to playing a list that isn't like 100 percent on meta because you know you do stuff like what I do, which is you know look past it and uh, make horrible matchup mistakes. Uh, and then especially when your team then goes out and executes as well as, as they can and, like, plays their list and knows their list, knows their role on the team, you can do stuff that, uh, that surprises you. So big congrats to you. Uh, Dan, what about the debrief from, from Loaded Dice? How did it all feel at the end of the day? Um, I heard you sandbagging was, earlier. You know, like you guys weren't on your game this year. You were tired winning back-to-back championships.
4: Yeah, you know, we had to do something. It's hard about to stay that, hungry. Right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's hungry. something. Um, I think. Uh, I think a lot of the the guys. Uh, we still had a great time. Uh, we had an enjoyable event. I mean, the the event's huge, and it's, we see everyone. All the Canadian players are there. Um, it's a it's a pretty great time. Um, the in the end, the last part of it really is the gaming, right? It's exciting, but the the reason you go to tournaments isn't because you you know get to play. Well, I guess that is actually the reason. You it's one hundred percent why I go. Um, it is it, no, it's a great time. It's a it was a great event. Uh, I got to see everybody I knew. Um, got uh, out of the city, and we actually got home at a regular time. When that's right, you know, which is uh, something I actually really decided to look forward to. So.
1: You, you know because a start early yeah and I think this is the thing that people can really get into yeah. start your tournaments early people get to go home
4: yep I uh, I would have to one hundred percent agree so you yeah can no I have enjoyed a it
1: longer round yep you, if you you don't need to do three and a half hours hell you could do two forty five yeah you don't have to wake up haven't.
4: at eleven o'clock and then go to the tournament just wake up right? and keep get going yeah
3: yeah yeah
1: all right well guys um, any final thoughts before we wrap up this Canadian hijacking of chapter tactics
2: it was a fantastic event i um we're already planning for next year um we're looking forward to really cracking down now that it's etc time uh but it was i highly recommend it you know and if you have a chance to go to a team event like this it is just such a breath of fresh air i do think atc actually
1: still has uh, spots available so if, if this is Turned you on to the team event uh, atmosphere. Very different than the Adepticon style and format, but ATC is much more similar to this. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can still go if you wanted. All right, guys. Uh, I thank you so much for your time. I hope uh, you didn't mind the, the hosting job too badly tonight. It was a lot of fun to get to, to see you both out there to CHTT. Can't wait to start getting into the thick of things with Team Canada, crafting up some nasty lists in yeah. this new meta we're in.
4: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks a lot, Chapter Tactics. Uh, crew for not letting us technically do this because we Just fully stole it. It. what it. Hack yeah. the mainframe, yeah. guys.
1: <laughs> Zeros and ones. No big deal. So thank you, yes, to Pablo for loaning us this here podcast. In fact, we're going to throw it back over to him. Uh, I believe he's got an ETC-related interview. Alright, guys, thank you so much. That was fun. Yeah, for sure, buddy. Thanks. I tried to radio host the shit out of you guys. Got so excited I couldn't remember <laughs> <own fucking> <laughs> <cam>. <laughs> <laughs> It'll at least hopefully be comical.